It was the first new Conan movie in 10 years. And when I felt like I should cry, I laughed away my tears. The end of a decade. We waited a long, long time to see a brand new dub and the new cast we would love. The things I tried to comprehend about the show remain a mystery, but there's nothing I need to defend. I like it so what it's great who you can at me, all I'll ever believe. It's the pounding of my heart though It doesn't answer questions That's just a show All I'll ever have faith in Is to beat it in my chest This show won't end tomorrow Even when I'm in my eternal rest Conan Got a new dub Got a new special release For the first time in 10 years Since the last one on DVD in North America by Discotech and DMS. It's very really good. Finally, Conan is on home video again. And so we are going to talk about it on Mugabert Movies, a show where we don't talk about movies, we celebrate them. Can we please ban Lum from singing? No, that's impossible. You can't stop the music. I the mean, we heart. can. <laughs> <laughs> And as you can hear, we are joined by special guests this time. We've got Sakaki and Jekka from the Weekly Shikaka Edition, Talkback Blog, and Twitter. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us here today to talk about something near and dear to all four of our hearts, and that is Detective Conan. And yes, we are talking about an anime of Detective Conan. We're talking about the first new anime released here in North America in like 10 years. I mean, I've said that several times already, but yeah. Can you believe it? A full decade since Funimation put out Phantom of Baker Street, the last thing that came out from the Conan franchise in North America on home video. That was like 2010, now it's 2020, and now we got episode one. We're starting back from the beginning with a special that came out like four years ago that retold the first episode of the show a little bit of the second and pads it out to twice the length with a bunch of well padding i guess i mean which is par for the course for conan nowadays like if we had like the first two episodes in modern conan that's what it would be i mean yeah because the first episode adapted the first chapter but that second episode that was like four chapters that would have been a two-parter if it was adapted today yeah it it definitely would have (laughs) Yeah, they were fast with the pacing in the early days of Conan before they realized that they could keep this brain going for two decades strong. Wait a minute. What if we could adapt one and a half chapters per episode instead and then repeat everything that's going on the case like five times? Genius! (laughs) But, yes. Well, I mean... Day the manga's running, but it technically isn't. <laughs> it's sort of yeah. It takes breaks now, so they actually have less material to draw from. 
and they have to keep a respectable distance. They gotta go back into that filler well. They gotta stretch some things out. They gotta draw out the mystery. Unless they want to cave and adapt Zero's tea time, but no one wants to suffer. Uh, no, no, I guess they don't because I don't know. It's not like Amuro is the most popular character, but I guess no, we're not gonna adapt his mug. It's not over. easy money in the bank. No. <laughs> no. After you got through the high of him being hot, that manga just doesn't have much. No, Zero the Enforcer wasn't the highest grossing Japanese film of 2018, which is why it's the next Conan movie that put it out on Home Video. That's why it was the first Conan movie that starred the brank spanking new dove that TMS has cobbled together and is starring on this film that we're talking about today, episode one. The grace of the great detective turns small. Yes, this is. My first opportunity to see that new dub that V-Lord raved so highly about when he saw Zero the Enforcer last year. It was so lonely in that he theater. He was the only one who was able to get in to see this dub. So I'm, I'm still salty a whole year later. <laughs> so, well, Sakaki, I was just that special. Literally the only person in our friend circle. Not only that, in the entire like Annie Twitter manga critic community sphere because you were the only one to put out a review of that film yeah like i guess none of the other people like in that theater had any social media presence because no one talked about it besides me and like i think one other person who was in the back of the theater took a picture of the cast list that's the only other thing i saw from that screening and like mm -hmm. the, even the episode one and crimson love letter those aired at like a con like last year and no one talked about it. I don't yeah. know if anyone went to that screening even, because clearly, like, no one in the Anitorter space had been there at all. Yeah, they snub Conan. I guess they are just too elite to care about Conan and the fact that it's got a new dub. Oh, they don't care. Well, we care. That's why we're talking about it. And I'm glad that this is finally out on home video. I'm glad that they're putting out more Conan movies on home video with this new dub. That's a great sign. Hopefully the trend continues because Zero and the Enforcer is coming out in September. Thank you, Discotech and TMS, for trying to revive Conan in the U.S. Thank you, TMS, for realizing that screening a movie to less than 100 people and not even filling the theater <laughs> is not the best way to bring more exposure to Conan. No, and apparently this is doing fairly well on Right Stuff. Apparently it was number six at its peak in terms of pre-order sales. Yeah, it was a top seller on Right Stuff for a while. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Hopefully the trend continues. Hopefully Conan... Gets a foothold in the U.S. and carves out his own niche just like Lupin has. Yeah, I mean, I think from what we're seeing in terms of TMS's handling of Conan now, they're definitely trying to go the Lupin direction with it, where they're hands-on the actual localization and production of, like, the dub. But then they'll just, like, toss it over discotheque and have them deal with the distribution. Which is honestly the best way to do it, because I feel like... Discotech does a really good job with classic series. They know how to market them well, like we've seen that with Lupin. I think they can easily do the same for Conan. Definitely. It also is a good sign when even though they are required to use the case closed logo for the official titling, underneath the cover 
it's a Detective Conan logo. And then yeah. on the menu screens, they use both the Case Closed logo and the Detective Conan logo. Clever packaging. I really appreciate Discotech for doing that. Keeping both brand names on the package. But this was actually not the first time we saw this particular film, Lord. We actually did check it out when it came out over three and a half years ago. When it got, you know, fans of the force. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, we'd seen this before, but again, watching it like three and a half years later, it was like a new experience anyway, because forgot about it. Sakaki and Jekka, had you seen this film before? Yes, many times. Uh, at least me. Really? Yeah. Um, I downloaded it when it came out first, and it did take a while for it to be fan-subbed, so I did watch it again when it got fan-subbed, and then this was still back when I was like making some AMVs, so I did watch it multiple times. So I did nice. like to make AMVs of it? story and events pretty well. What was that? Sorry. To make some AMVs using footage? Yeah, coming? some of them. I didn't make too many because after 2016, I kind of lost the motivation to make them. But yeah, I used them like I, I used this special and a couple of them. Nice, nice. Don't you own the Japanese Blu-ray? Oh, yes. I also own the Japanese Blu-ray. So it, it, it <laughs> all good, uh, <laughs> it's all good in the end. A small important detail. <laughs> yeah, no, like, oh, so, okay. I actually never saw the fan sub. <laughs> never. I did watch it raw, like on TV, <laughs> and that only once. So this is actually, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I like, like missed a good chunk of it. But then, so this is my first time seeing the whole thing. But yeah, mm. I wasn't as much of a fanatic as uh, Jekka who bought it, <laughs> but and forgot about it apparently. <laughs> I remember being excited for it when it came out just because, I mean, it's a remake of the first couple episodes, but they're going to add like, you know, more characters in it as cameos, like you're going to add hybrid backstory stuff. And there's not actually that much of that. Yeah, but I mean, there's little... she's on the cover. She's only in like the first and last minute of the movie. There's little nods here and there for fans, like all the different characters. Oh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into that. But yeah. actually, one thing I do like about Hybra's stuff in the movie is that it kind of shows, rather than tells, some of the stuff that was explained when she first shows up and talks about who she is and how she knows about Conan and stuff. Like all the stuff about the experimenting with the mice and then visiting Shinichi's house and seeing that... There was a box of kids' clothes missing. Like, all of that stuff was, like, talked about in the manga. But here we actually get to see it. And there was a lot of cool atmosphere and just good direction in these scenes. That's not a really good tone and mood. And I really like how they ended it with Hybera deleting uh, Shinichi's data in the computer, or rather, like, marking him down as dead in the Black Organization files. Like, I like that. Yeah. And you can even see Haneda Koji's name in there. Yeah, see, lots of Easter eggs. But what is our impression and feelings of the film overall? I guess we could start there. Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I like it. It's pretty okay. I mean, 
like we've kind of been saying, it's kind of the first episode and a little bit the second padded out, but as like a fun remake and a, as a homage to fans of Conan, it's really nice. Like, I, I enjoyed my five seconds of Heiji, of course. <laughs> my boy got his time to shine. Yeah, he got one line. And we got to see uh, Shinichi actually say his name properly in English, <laughs> not using the heinous Harley. <laughs> so, so that that was That's good. Name usage, huh? <laughs> yes, we don't use this name in this household. Aside from my case closed reviews, because well, I mean, otherwise, the manga uses you know some of those old English names. Viz, I love you, but why? No. To keep consistency with a dub that was discontinued. Consistency is dumb. <laughs> I mean, from the beginning, there was inconsistency on how characters were named in the dub and the manga. Because the dub would change some character names of minor characters, but then the manga mostly kept minor character names intact and only changed main character names. To reflect the dub. So there was already inconsistencies Although there. Kaibara also brings up one in the anime. Well, the three movies that they had her in uh, for funny um, Funimation. They had her yeah, in the Funimation dub, she was Why called By Great Torn. In the English manga, she's called Anita yeah. Haley. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely prefer Anita Haley to Vi Greythorn, but like... Yeah, at least the initials are the same. Like, the weird thing is, though, Vi Greythorn kind of, like, matches her name a little better, so it's kind of, like, translated versus keeping the initials, which is... Like, yeah. Weird. Like, they're both still references to the pseudonym she chooses, because, like, I remember, like, in, like, her introduction case, like, she explains, like, it's based off, like, two different, like... Wasn't it like detective novelist or like actual like fictional detectives? I think so. Yeah, sounds right. Something. I mean, yeah. So, so that was. And of course, her name just literally means Ashlands of Sorrow. So she's got all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) But anyways, episode one. Like, I I do like, like a lot of the little details, like here and there, like. At the beginning of episode one, like, you see, like, that snippet of, like, the aquarium case, which is, like, Mm. way later in the series, but it technically takes place before the first episode, so they kind of are, like, branching that kind of timeline together in a more linear fashion. Yeah, they reference a lot of continuity, like, the title credits are showing manga panels from Ran Girl and Shinichi Boy, which hadn't even been animated yet oh when God, the special came oh out. Oh no, I have stories. I remember that. being like so bothered <laughs> by oh that too, because I was like, it's right there! <laughs> it's literally right <laughs> there! The whole, it, oh Just, God. They had a whole ending theme and used the ending theme for that arc, did they? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they it's did. only two episodes too, so oh, it's like, no. man, why'd you even bother waiting? <laughs> but it's right there. Oh, that, that case was what 2015, I think. Yeah, so like we were waiting a whole year and a half for that stupid <laughs> episode to be animated. They gave us the ending. <laughs> they gave us that in episode one, and we were like, when are you going to animate the stupid case? Yeah, it was like a meet between like me and Mom for a while. I'm like, when is Rand Boy and Shinichi Girl gonna happen? <laughs> Rand Boy and Shinichi Girl. 
I guess yeah, they figured it. out they were trans at a young age. You know, I'm all for Same that. Too. <laughs> uh, I'm dead. But yeah, so like, I think overall episode one is pretty good, pretty solid. I do like that it does have all these like little nudges. And I think like that that's kind of the idea behind it. It's like, it's not really meant, I feel, to be necessarily introductory to Conan, but it's more of like, kind of a flashback to like say like you're just a casual Conan watcher in Japan and you're just kind of watching it week to week just for fun you aren't necessarily like in it for the plot but you just like the cases like watching this gives you kind of that context to everything it's like oh cool this is how why Conan is a child I was wondering about this for ages yeah actually if you are a kid in Japan and you've just been watching the show and you've never seen the first episode because it's like 20 years old and the reruns aren't playing for some reason yeah this is probably very helpful to watch because it's modernized it has more of the characters you know and love more context and the grander lore of Detective Conan and how all the pieces fit together for you to go back and see where it all began. Yeah, because, like, even the special clearly spoils thing, like, it tells you who Bourbon is, you see a good chunk of the Black organization, and it's, like, it's very clearly not necessarily intended for people who are going in blind, but, like, you could use it for that, like, method, but it's kind of assuming that you're watching the show casually already, and you just want that context for where everything began. Yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts or feelings about the film overall? I mean, yeah, I agree with what you guys said. And that's probably why they chose to dub this and put it out first. Because, I mean, there was kind of that maybe that intention that, okay, maybe it's not 100% an introduction to Conan, but it's close. <laughs> so why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, as for the movie itself, like, again, being able to watch the whole thing was really, you know was was really good i did like the the winks and nudges and everything that were there and plus i i it's a joke that i've made before that like shinichi is basically a guest character in his own series so it's kind of nice <laughs> so much of him because we really don't get very much of him like his alter ego is the main character and it's sometimes easy to forget that he exists because he appears so infrequently and of course his interactions are ran or way with ron are way different as conan and they are as shinichi so well mm. the dub is pretty stellar too like i would say that if you're used to funimation's dub or whatever that this is still a good you know they did a pretty good job with it and overall like the director of the series wrote this episode too along with doing the storyboard so that's probably why there is a good amount of consistently. And I, I, I forget it, Yamamoto. I forgot his first name, but he's been directing the series. for Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the script and did the storyboard. So like, and he's been at the directing the series for a really long time. So I feel like he really understands it. So that's probably why the winks and nudges were so were subtle, but they worked really well. I mean, I would say my only thing with it, like is it feels like the two the part before they get to chapter one of the manga it's good but it doesn't gel too well but, i mean i feel like i guess we could probably get into mm. that a little later but yeah that's my only thing otherwise like it's a very it's it's a fun not it's a fun just kind of like this is detective conan this is an idea of you know what it is that 
how the series began. It's kind of similar to how what Toei is doing with One Piece, which is, you know, they're reanimating yeah. arcs. Um, they're reanimating some of the arcs in like our specials for people who just kind of maybe got into One Piece way later, but just kind of want an idea of what happened before now without having to watch a whole bunch of episodes. Although the thing is, I think this will work better if they wanted to pursue this for Conan. It worked really well because the cases are somewhat are shorter. So like if they wanted to just do specials of all the important cases, they, I think that would actually be really good of them. Unlike One Piece, where an arc is like several hundred episodes and trying to squeeze that into two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Lum was bringing this up even to me like the other day where like they were thinking like, hey, yeah, let's just like take all the stories from the Black orga- Organization like storylines and kind of condense them by arc. And I think that could work because like, what they currently do, like, before, like, a big case, like, with Conan in Japan, like, when they're broadcasting it, is that they'll sometimes just re-air Black Organization cases. Like, I think, like, around the same time, like, Scarlet was airing, like, they re-aired, like, I think, one of the Cure cases, like, right before mm-hmm. it, like, the week before, just so that people are kind of refreshed on it slightly. But, like, what if you just kind of recut everything? Not not even reanimate, just recut it. And just, like, make that, like, a condensed, like, special or, like, movie. Do kind of do that. I think the last one they did that with was movie 13, The Raven Chaser. They actually had, like, a black organization, like, special thing where they pretty much went through, like, the profile of each um, member um, so far. Because this was, like, pre Yeah, I was about to say. And I did watch it. It's actually, like, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just, like, a plot yeah, summary, yeah. rather than, like, telling the story. Yeah, which I mean, they, is... they might as well just, like, put the Wikipedia page on the screen. Yeah. They do have, like, clips and everything, like, going into it, and it's like, oh, yeah, Jin did this, and and we had Vermouth do this, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, Jin's like a, a bad show. man. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you couldn't tell by watching the special, they really like to play that up. I rewatched the first two episodes of the show just before recording this. And let me tell you, not nearly as intimidating in the early episodes or even the manga. I mean, in the manga, it's a little more pronounced, like his glare and stuff, Mm -hmm. like the aura he gives off. But like they really play Gin up in this special. Because over the years, I guess, he's just become, like, the de facto, like, symbolic main antagonist of the series. Like, he's the anti-Akai. He's, like, hella, like, good with a gun, and he'll murder you. That's his (laughs) entire character. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that scene that they had early on in the special, where it's just, like, this informant guy meeting up with Vodka and Kin in this bar, and... Gin comes in, he, and he really intimidates the guy by basically telling him that they're on to him and explaining what they do to snitches and whatever. And so the guy freaks out and leaves the bar, tries to start his car. And then we have this amazing scheme where he thinks that, oh no, is my ignition rigged? And so he, you know, very cautiously turns on the ignition and he... You know, reads a sigh of relief, and then he's like, "Oh no, is my belt buckle rigged?" And he very cautiously puts on his seatbelt, and then he's relieved, and then he then decides to pull the crank, pull 
to back the car up and then it explodes. Oh, yeah. Just amazingly paced scene <laughs> to build up to what we know is coming, the explosion. Just this guy getting blown to death, but yes. Oh, I love it. That was so fun. But yeah, they also set up very early on that uh, these guys don't play around. They're bad dudes. They're killers. They're in the big boy game. Conan yeah. can't stand a chance against them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're the real deal. I mean, I I guess I don't know how they really are were able to like blow up a car and then no one is around in the street. Like, if you notice, it's a very empty street. I don't even think we even hear police sirens immediately after the car blows up. So I guess they were in this very secluded bar. I mean, the B.O. has a lot of money. They probably just, like, cleared the area. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I can but Yeah. But actually, I want to get into then the casting. So let's talk about the new voices of Ginn Vodka. Like, how we feel about them. Because I am going to throw it right out here now that DC Douglas as Gain is probably, like, the biggest highlight in terms of, like, a casting choice that is so much a step up from the original dub voice. Like, again, I watched the first two episodes earlier just now, and I'm like, that original Gin voice? No menace, no malice, nothing threatening about it at all. Barely a personality. Like... Pretty, pretty uninteresting kind of voice. But DC Douglas, yeah, a lot of this carried across there. He he really stole the show in his scenes as Gin. And yeah. how much he, like, chewed the sim- scenery and how intimidating and scary he was. Honestly, as much as I like the Funimation of, one of the biggest problems with it is that it very much, le- like, leans into, like, these stereotypes and caricatures of mm-hmm. the characters and, like, with Ginnon's stuff and vodka, like, it just seems like they're trying to, like, make them sound like generic supervillain number 52. I mean, they don't even sound like that. They they sound like nothing. They just sound like randos. They don't have distinct voices. I think in the new, though, they have distinct voices. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a hindsight thing where, like, you know now these characters are important. You can't just, like, give them just, like, one-off performances and just let it be like that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, in the early anime, they basically wrote out most of their early appearances. So, for all they knew, they weren't even going to come back getting vodka. I mean, unless they had watched more of the show, but I guess they hadn't. But, yeah, I mean, getting vodka, really, really good uh, performances. Vodka's actor in the special was Edward Bosco. And yeah, again, I think that was a good performance from him because, like, you know, he's the sidekick to Gin. He's kind of more level-headed, trying to calm Gin down when he gets very angry. Like, there is the scene, of course, like, when they're in the amusement park and, you know, Gin is getting very frustrated that he has to be held up by the cops as they're investigating the murder. And there's this point where it looks like Gin will like try and shoot everyone dead there. Like he's about to pull out his gun. Because yeah, I guess he's gonna be taken in and stuff. So, so yeah, I think that vodka like 
as a character. He's like trying to calm his partner down, make sure he doesn't go off the rails. So I think that it was carried in Bosco's performance. It's like someone who's capable, but also like, again, more level-headed, not wanting to escalate a situation. It's funny, though, because Vodka's usually an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and that also carries about... across, that he's kind of dumb. Like, at least, well. to be fair, I guess in this special, at least he comes off as more competent and more just like the, yeah. the balance to Gin. But yeah, normally, like, Gin is... The other thing about Gin that we I guess we didn't really mention is the fact that he's, like, actually pretty intelligent. Like, he sounds like he's just a cannon yeah. that's going off, but he's actually, like, pretty smart so that's another thing that his character that's what makes him so threatening is like if he was just a, a dude with a gun then by now he would be in jail but he's a smart dude yeah, yeah. I, I mean i guess performance wise for me like i don't even remember the original dub voices so but like the japanese ones they're a tough act to follow because i mean yeah fumihiko tachiki which i mean madao yeah, Madao from Gintama. Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name from Evangelion. Shinji's dad. Mm-hmm. Gen- yeah, uh, Gendo Akari. Yeah, like he's got a huge legacy behind him. Fumihiko Tachiki. And then you have um, uh, for Gin, and I actually have his name right here, Yukitoshi Hori, which everybody, I, everybody in the in our chat knows. I love his. I love Japanese Gin's voice. That is just the most sexiest thing I've ever heard. And like. <laughs> no i mean i have a i have a man crush on his japanese voice and i'm just <laughs> weird that hori's not in much but the funny thing is hori's bro like he's let me get this yes yeah his, um gin's bro is Araide, so which is interesting but and his brother is way more popular he's also bartholomew kuma kuma in one piece so but the big bro, he's only really, I mean, he's been in some tokusatsu, but other than that, Gin is like his most prominent role, and Gin doesn't appear that much. They but together, going to the. Yeah, sorry. They were in together the one episode of um, Inuyasha with the uh, the tree and the man face fruit. I think about that like all the time. I forget which one it was, but one of them was the tree, and the other one was the other guy. <laughs> what the? Yeah. <laughs> But no, like, so uh, I feel Gin in Japanese, like, uh, in Japanese, Gin definitely has a very distinct voice. Like, I feel like him and Akai, mm-hmm. whenever you hear them talk, like, you can immediately identify, yeah, like, yes, that is the character. And so I think, like, it was kind of a good choice to get, like, DC Douglas for oh, yeah. Gin, just because, like, DC Douglas also has a very distinct voice. And I think also, I guess, talking about Akai too, if we're going to talk about his dub voice, like, he's voiced by, like, Keith Silverstein. Yeah. Another very distinct voice actor that has a very kind of unique voice. I mean, yeah, another guy who's known for playing, like, some badass hero characters. Yeah. It, it's like, when you hear these guys, though, in English, like, you know who they are if you're familiar with what they've done. So it, it's kind of good that they kind of still reflected that in the role. Definitely. I mean, it's well cast. I didn't realize that. I know when I was watching, I was like, DC Douglas. I know, I knew him from funny stuff, but I didn't realize he's Kira Yoshikage. Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot. Totally forgot that. And I watched the JoJo dub like a month ago. So that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a new opinion about it. I mean, I didn't hate DC Douglas's performance at all. I mean, I it's just to me, it was a tough act to follow a Hori, but like, but right. with the but he definitely did a good job of bringing out like Gin's fearsomeness. It's just thinking of like Kira 
And then again, it's just, it, it's blowing my mind right now. I, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one other thing I really want to bring up about this dub is like, you can really tell it was recorded after Zero the Enforcer because everyone sounds better. Mm. Like, especially like I think uh, Kogoro. Xander uh, Mobius? Yeah, like Xander Mobius sounded fine in Zero the Enforcer, but he was like a bit like static at times. Mm. Like it definitely felt like either it was the dub script writing or like the ADR direction, but like something about it just felt off. Here though, it's a lot more natural. And I think part of that too is like uh for this dub they used a different director. Like uh the ADR director for episode one was Steve Staley, who did the Demon Slayer dub. Oh. So like you can kind of tell that like it feels kind of a lot more natural and like like the Demon Slayer W, but I think this might be just the thing Steve Staley does, is like, he definitely tries to emulate the voices of the original still, mm. but still make it like actually natural in English, which I think is a nice thing to do. Yeah. Especially with something like Conan, where like, let's face it, we've been watching Conan in Japanese for so long at this point that it's going to be hard to get used to any new cast. Yeah, that's fair. So to at least give it like some degree of familiarity is a good thing. Yeah, I... Definitely noticed with the casting that I think they were trying to emulate the feel of the original voices and performances more so than the original English dub, which definitely did its own thing. And that has its pros and its, you know, not as interesting parts, I guess. Because I, revisiting the first couple episodes of the original dub, there is so much personality in those performances that I really, really love. Especially with the main cast, you know, Allison Ritzoff as Conan, Colleen Clickenbird as Rachel Moore, and especially Jerry Jewell as Jimmy Kudo and R. Bruce Elliott as Richard. I'm using, of course, the Funimation names, but you know what I mean. But yeah, I just love that cast so much and revisiting those episodes, like, man, it's just immediately such a great personality. And I thought that, you know, the cast that they have in this for those characters was... Good, very good, but, like, definitely not as distinctive sounding. Like, Griffin Burns is, he's really good as Shinichi, but it's really hard to topple Jerry Jewel as the voice of my head for that character. Yeah. Like, I agree that the Funimation dub has a lot of personality. That's one of its appeals still today. Like, that's why you can still watch it despite all, like, its flaws and the name changes and all that stuff. But, like, I feel when you're kind of trying to remarket Conan, it's good to try to cater to those hardcore fans, because those are the people that are going to be the stable buying power for the right. series. And, yeah, you're trying to bring in casual fans, too, but a lot of those fans are still going to come in regardless of that change in the dub, because they'll just be interested in the actual property itself. Right. And to be fair, a lot of the new voices do sound basically similar to the old uh, voices. Like, especially a lot of the secondary characters. I think immediately when Inspector Migure came on screen and I heard Jacob Rell as the character, I was like, oh, this sounds exactly like how he sounded in the old dub. It's not the same actor, but it, it sounds very Yeah, similar. no, that's that's exactly what I said. I mean, they don't have the whole, like, 
cynical New York cop <laughs> accent going from like the Funimation <laughs> one, but the voice itself is very similar to the original dub, which I appreciate. I I mean, I miss it though because I do like that Funimation added that kind of character to. Yeah, like uh, you know, um, I was saying I was watching it and I was live like reacting to it, and I was saying you know when uh, Agasa spoke and he lost a German accent, I was like, I'm sad. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I think that's like the biggest change is that uh, Agasa has talks like a normal person in this new dub <laughs> instead of like the tick cartoony German accent the Funimation dub gave him. It feels right but wrong at the same time. Yeah, because like, like we've been trained to just be used to that German voice. I mean, I grew. That's what we grew up on. Yeah. Like, Oh no! Yeah, this is like more accurate. It doesn't. It's not supposed to be like an eccentric German inventor. He's just an eccentric inventor. Of course, he sounds like just kind of what normal with like a deep voice, I guess, for an old inventor person. Yeah, I mean, I think another voice that really sounded like similar to Funimation that was Genta. Yeah, I mean, I think well, all the no, kids all sounded the kids pretty sound really much similar the same. To, yeah, I think all the kids sound really similar to their Funimation counterparts, honestly. Like, if you told yeah. me, if you, if I didn't know they were different people, I would just assume they got them again, so. Yeah, I mean, what's missing again is just that personality thing. Like, Mitsuhiko does not sound like kind of as nerdy and nasally in the new dub as he did as Mitch in the Funimation dub. Yeah, which is a good thing. I mean, I like, like we said before, like, the Funimation dub, and I think this might be reflective of a lot of old Funimation dubs, really, when I think about it. It's like, they kind of are trying to dive into, like, the stereotypes of the characters. Mm-hmm. We're here, like, nowadays you don't really see that in dubs. And I feel yeah. like doing that would be off-putting. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel like Funimation is the only dubbing studio that really plays loose with their dubs, which is probably why I do enjoy a lot of Funimation dubs still. Yeah is that there is, like, definitely a pizzazz of, like, added personality in some performances. I mean, I do feel like Conan overdid it in some instances. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, everybody, one thing I remember when Jekka bought me the Detective Conan DVDs for the original dub I was watching through them, I didn't mind it personally, but I could see other people would, but everybody sounds really, really cynical and sarcastic. <laughs> so, yeah. Like everybody, like it's one thing if it's like, that's kind of Conan's character. He's always like wisecracking and making smart ass comments of people about people in his head. That's just him. If it were just him, I would have been like, okay, that's fair. But like, it's everybody. Everybody always had like a quip or a sarcastic comment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Funimation dubs are very quippy. They like to add, like, their own little jokes. They try to make it somewhat accurate to the original intent in terms of the lines, but the spin they put on it is to add, like, just, yeah, that idea of characters being more self-aware in their digs to one another. Like, I was just looking at an old Dragon Ball Super dub clip earlier today, and it's just this scene where Vegeta is going to go off to train with Beerus. And in the dub version, of course, there's just like added stuff there in terms of how the performances were like Bulma's yelling with Vegeta and Vegeta's like saying, yeah, okay, babe. Like, you know, something like very, again, quippy like that. Or it's, it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate to like what the original dialogue is, but it's obviously like more 
punched up. Yeah. 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 But this is more of a faithful job and more faithful casting. And it's, again, well cast. I think all the actors did a really great job. And I guess really the only thing I guess to compare is just that, yeah, it's just that difference of the original Funimation dub cast had their own unique personality spins that were different from, like, the original intent necessarily. And then this one, it's not that as much. But, I mean, do we have any specific thoughts on, like, specific character voices or actors as specific characters? So, I guess this is one thing I kind of want to bring up. Like, I find it funny how in the credits, even the characters that just do a small grunt are credited with their yes. dub voice actors. <laughs> like, Heiji and Makoto, like, they don't do anything in the movie. They do, like, one, like, sound effect grunt that's, like, half a second long, but they're listed. And it's so blatantly obvious that, like, Crimson Love Letter and Fist of the Blue Sapphire are dubbed because they just credit them there. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised also that they would, you know, take care in casting those actors because they're major characters and they know that they show up pretty frequently if they were to continue dubbing movies. Yeah, but it's probably like they probably had like Makoto's voice actor like dubbing Blue Sapphire and they're like, oh yeah, we need to do this one grunt really quickly, like for just like this other movie. Just quickly just do something. I mean, they dubbed already a movie that Heiji in it, right? Yeah, Crimson Love Letter. That's yeah, the... so it's no surprise that you know, they had a dedicated actor for him already. Yeah, they, they were preparing for Best Boys <laughs> re-arrival into the US <laughs> where he will save anime. <laughs> as we watch like Kazuha play Karuta for some reason <laughs> but Heiji's on a motorcycle Kazuha. so it's okay Detective Conan Chihaya through crossover film that's the that's well the, I mean Aoyama did really recommend Chihaya so I mean hey there's the connection so I mean clearly that was gonna happen as soon as he said yeah I like Chihaya then they were already writing up the movie script he likes Chihaya we gotta do this but guys, like we're, we've already got a bunch of movies planned. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. How how do we put action to this? I, I don't know. We're gonna put Heiji on a burning building with a motorcycle. He's gonna spin around like a satellite. Oh no! <laughs> it was really cool, um. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> oh my god! So I guess in the sense of like, I one thing I noticed with the dub. And I was saying this in my my live like reaction is like the extras are all super good like, like they have no right to be as yeah. good as they were like these characters who are just like the suspect or the victim or all of that they're all like super well like their voice acting is amazing even sometimes a little bit better than the main cast I'm just like I hope they get the, they retain these people because it was crazy good for just extra characters yeah i think that's definitely one strength that this has over the funimation dub is that they got some really good actors for every part whereas with the original funny dub they for minor characters sometimes they wouldn't be as you know well done in terms of the voices they put on or they would 
obviously go back to the same actor pool again and again and again for characters. So you're getting a lot of similar sounding characters. Yeah. I think it helps that nowadays there's a lot more diverse actor pool just in general in both Texas and L.A. But even in L.A., like, there's a big variety. So having it dubbed at Bang Zoom allows, like, a lot more freedom in, like, who you can cast. Mm -hmm. I think so. But yeah, I would agree that, you know, the main suspects and all the characters of the day in this film, they sounded pretty good. And their breakdown, I think it was Hitomi who was like the murderer in this. So when she broke down, did her scream, that was really good. That was really good. I was super surprised when I heard that. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Comparing with the original Funny Gov, like that was also fine, but I think that the performance Jeannie Dorado did in this was actually really stand out. And also, I appreciate about the specialists that they don't foil yeah. who the murderer is in this one like they did in the actual first episode, where we have a scene oh, that, of yeah. what is very clearly Hitomi, like playing with her pearls and clearly making like the wire bracelet thing that she I mean, is going to use to kill her ex. Like, like, the actual first episode spoiled the mystery. I mean, for me, I, I didn't notice it either way until, like, I started doing rewatches and, like, I watched the first episode again and I was like, oh, wait, that was a big drop <laughs> information. <laughs> like, oh, you missed this the first time? Well, here it is in hindsight. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's interesting in what ways the padding in this was similar to the first episode and in what ways it was different. Because, I mean, obviously a big part of, like, the original first episode was that the kids were all there at the amusement park. Like, they were just going to sneak in into the coaster and then the head fell right beside them. When the guy was decapitated, like literally, it fell right beside them. They didn't really react. Instead, Ayumi picked up like the pearl that fell on the floor. So you, that got spoiled. Like again, um, they really spoiled the fact that the freaking necklace was instrumental in the murder, and hence pointed towards who the the suspect was in that original first episode. So, and you know, in that regard, I gotta say that this special actually does this case a lot better in terms of preserving the mystery. Tiana sure had some dark humor back in the 90s. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, the differences between this is actually, like, really cool to look into as well. Um, I mean, from the manga to the very first episode, they changed, like, things that they brought back in this special, which I thought was really cool. Like, um, Shinchi taking pictures first of all like that wasn't in the original episode but it was in the manga i don't know that's like the biggest one that always like stands out to me dub wise um i really like christina v as ron um i thought she like matched really really well colleen in the original dub like i don't know she grew on me like a lot so like going between that i was actually kind of worried with christina v being Ron, but like I don't know, she like the second I heard her voice, I was like, "Yep, perfect." <laughs> yeah, she had some really good deliveries. I think my favorite is, of course, the scene where she punches yes. the pillar. 
angry at Shinichi. Shinichi's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I gotta go, and she's just like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Yeah, like her passive-aggressive anger is very good. I think that Christina V does those kind of performances really well. I'm actually looking... Sorry, continue. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, no. Griffin Burns, like, for me, I thought he sounded a little too young, but then, again, for, like, the past... 15 no, I mean, for me, I only started in 2011, so it's... Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm very fresh to the series, but I also, like, consumed everything within, like, a decade. <laughs> like, eight or so years ago, like, that's when I started watching the, um, the sub version, so, like, watching that and hearing like Kapi Yamaguchi gradually grow <laughs> like you can hear like his aging of his voice so like hearing like a 50 year old guy playing a 17 year old kid and then going to someone who's like in his he's still like a young adult I guess I don't know how old is he like 20 30 doesn't have an age all right <laughs> um however old Griffin is um he sounds very young so like going from somebody who's like 50 years old to maybe someone who's like in his 20s or 30s it was like a really big change for me but like as I was watching it and like you hear his voice more and more like I started like liking Griffin Burton's voice for Shane Cheese so like I think there's only like even more room to grow for that so it's that was, like, the only... Well, no, that's a lie. Everybody kind of stood out at least a little bit. Like, I could definitely get used to this cast. I think the biggest one that is going to need to grow on me is Xander Mobis's Kogoro. Just because our Bruce Elliott's yeah. performance oh as Richard was just so charismatic. Oh, yeah, this was, like, perfect. Like, I like that um, our Bruce Elliott just brought his own interpretation to the character. Because, like, but yeah, I remember I was watching, I was like, yeah, it's like Mobis is like channeling, he's like in the middle of the two Kogoro. So so for people who don't know, like Kogoro in Japanese was played by Akira Kamiya for until like what, 2009? Something like that? Yeah, like the somewhere in the episode of the five hundred, somewhere in there. So two thousand nine sounds about right. Yeah, so about two thousand nine, so but due to contract disputes he stepped down from the character and then Rikia Koyama has been playing Kogoro ever since. And I remember one thing I was thinking to myself was like, Mobis seems to be like right in the middle of them. Cause like Kamiya's voice is, it's funny. Cause when my sisters and I first watched Conan in Japanese, they were like, he sounds like he has a frog stuck in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. it's very charismatic. It's like, but that's very much just Kamiya. And it, it worked really well. Cause he did. Kogoro is just kind of, you know, like kind of, grumpy kind of curmudgeon type thing, yeah. but he can have moments of you know where he's cool and everything like that and Kamiya captured that captured that really well but then you got Koyama who's like always sounds very cool <laughs> so mm-hmm. the, it was interesting and Mobius Mobius is like in the middle of them like I, it feels like sometimes he's channeling Kamiya and sometimes he's channeling Koyama <laughs> and like yeah it's interesting to me but going back to um Shinichi like one thing that I at least for me, anyway, I felt like less that he was trying to channel Capay and more that he was trying to channel Jewel at, at first. And I didn't, at, at first, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, he's trying too much to be Jimmy. 
But then it's the more he kind of got away from trying to be Jimmy and just was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take this role and make it my own, it's the more I kind of liked him. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Kape Yamaguchi, his voice is like so distinct that I don't think that many actors that have played his characters in dubs like can really capture the exact cadence and kind of attitude in his voice, except for Richard A. and Cox, who plays Ramen in Yasha. Like, I feel like that is like a perfect oh, yeah. one, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that Griffin Burns sounds more similar to Jerry Gerald than he does Kape Yamaguchi, but still missing just that genesis quad that Jerry Jewell yeah. has in terms of kind of poise that he carries across in his voice, I think. But yeah, I mean, he sounds like pretty solid anyway, like as kind of like a normal teen uh, who is just kind of smart. And then Xander's Kogoro, yeah, it does sound like the Japanese Kogoro's in terms of like being a deeper, more gruff voice. Like, yeah, something stuck in his throat. So like it's coming out like whenever he talks. That's how Kogoro's always sounded to me in Japanese. And whereas with R. Bruce Elliott in the original Funimation dub, like that, he had more of a smooth voice. And kind of more of a sarcastic kind of personality, tired kind of personality. So it is just a different type of performance for the character. No, no, I I was just going to say, so I have a question for you all. I mean, we we agree that we kind of like Shinichi's dub voice. So, and one thing that we know is that in in other editions of Conan, in the Funimation one even, Shinichi is in Conan's thoughts, which makes sense. In Japanese, however, it's all Conan. It's all Minami Takayama. So now the thing I wonder is like, do you think that they'll do that in this dub where it'll be all on Wendy Lee? Like when, whenever Conan is doing, did he? And I don't remember actually, did he have a time where he was like, yeah, I mean, all of Conan's monologues, internal thoughts in this film were just Wendy Lee. It wasn't like Shinichi internally thinking to himself. It was like Conan in Conan's voice thinking to himself. Yeah, plus in like the Zero, the Enforcer dub, like that's the same way. It's all Wendy Lee in the monologue. So yeah. they're probably going to keep that just for consistency at this point. Yeah, I mean, I like what the original dub did, but I guess, you know, a lot of that is that I like Jared Jewel's voice so much. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, this is more accurate. <laughs> Wendy Lee's Conan is pretty good, too, so yeah. it makes sense. Honestly, Wendy Lee's Conan was the thing that took me the hardest time to get used to, because mm. I keep imagining Faye Valentine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wendy Lee, <laughs> you rarely hear her in these kind of little boy roles, so it is like kind of uh, hard to place originally when you hear her voice and you hear her trying to do this effect of a little boy character because you're used to playing like more eccentric female characters like Faye or Harvey and stuff but I mean she does do little boy characters she's like TK and Digimon and whatever yeah. but it's just like from stuff that I watch yeah in the past like I'm more familiar with like other characters she's done yeah like I remember when I watched like the Zero the Enforcer dub movie at AX and I was just, like, watching it, because at the time, like, the cast list wasn't out. 
And I was like, huh, this sounds like Christina V. And then I see the credits at the end. I'm like, wait, what? Wendy Lee? Did I see that right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Wendy Lee actually probably has done more little boy characters than I could remember off the top of my head. Because looking at her credits, she was like Yahiko in the Kenshin dub. And then she was actually Chris in the War in the Pocket dub. The gun the more in the pocket dub, so it's like, oh, actually, I have heard her as little boy characters before, but yeah, those are just not the characters I normally associate her with. But she has done them quite frequently, actually. I will say, I think, like, just like all the other characters, she sounds a lot better in this dub than she did in Zero the Enforcer. So, like, if this is like the consistency that we'll see in like Crimson Love Letter and Fist of the Blue Sapphire that I'm completely fine with it. I just found it, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you're so used to, like, the Japanese and, like, the Funimation dub, where shifting to, like, this dub, like, it it, it was hard to adjust to. Yeah. But it's not a bad voice. Like, it still sounds yeah, no, fine. I mean, it sounds fine. It's just a matter of getting used to it. I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I like Wendy Lee more than I like Allison, <laughs> so... Because, like, my thing is this, and Jekka had mentioned it when she was watching it, which is, like, the thing, and it's like we said with the Japanese voices, it's hard, it's a tough act to follow, but Takayama's especially tough, because she's got, she's got the little kid Conan down really well, and she's got, like, you know, his actual nature down really well, and those are two roles, I feel like Allison had the, like, little kid part really well down pat, but, like, when Conan shifts into his, like, yeah, you know, I figured out it's you. Like, I never was ever really very convinced by that. But, like, Wendy Lee, she has the more, when Conan's, like, in his serious mode and he's like, you know, I figured out the case. She has that voice going, but, like, it'll be interesting to see if she can improve upon when Conan's acting like a, you know, kid. Although, as the series progresses, that part of Conan kind of fades away as people start to realize he (laughs) is a smart kid. (laughs) So. Yeah, they just accept him investigating the crime scene and taken seriously after a certain point. Yeah, so that that's my thing. But I mean, overall, I would say I like Wendy Lee's voice as Conan more than Allison's, it, even though it's not as if... I'm not going to say that Allison's voice was bad. It's just like, again, if Conan were... It's just Conan's kind of like this multifaceted, especially when he's investigating, especially in the beginning. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever, if they'll go back and dub the TV series. That'd be great, but I, it's unlikely probably. But um, mm-hmm. if they do, then yeah. What was that? I said they should just do the two hour special. But it's like 90% hate code. I'm sure into it. Yeah, I, I would be down with that. Just dub Heiji episodes. I mean, no other episodes matter anymore. It's only Heiji all the time. There are a lot of like longer Conan specials that are, you know, episodes like uh, the two hour episode that introduces Hybra or whatever. And they could show us like the longer episodes to dub and like release as like special movies or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know who I said this to, but like, I honestly think what Discotech is probably going to do is just like do SD Blu ray releases for like a bunch of Conan episodes at once, like they did for Reborn, where like they would put like 100 episodes or like 50 episodes on like the Blu ray set and just release that in spurts. Well, the thing is, they have to like, sub a bunch of those to begin with so 
it's going to be like a lot of commitment to do that. I don't know if they want to commit to, again, a 900 plus episode series rather than like choose maybe select episodes and then movies and specials. Yeah, it does make me wonder, though, if TMS would let them just cherry pick episodes, though. I mean, I that think feels it's all like going to be an initiative on TMS's part. I think TMS is going to be the ones to be like, hey, we want you to do this. We're going to give you these. Yeah. We're going to give you a good deal on these. Maybe, hey, we cut you a deal on some Lupin films and stuff if you do some Conan for us on the slide. You want Lupin Dead or Alive? Well, then you have to license these five Conan films. <laughs> yeah. Then they might as well do some Lupin versus, hold on, Lupin versus Conan, then. Let's, let's just make that next. <laughs> let's just make that next. I mean... <laughs> I mean, they already have Lupin vs. Conan. Well, they'll re-release again on Blu-ray oh, with yeah. dubs. Yeah. And yeah. Redo it with a dub. That and they'll cool. add Heiji digitally into every <laughs> scene. <laughs> I mean, they might as well just make Lupin vs. Conan vs. Kaito yes. Kid, like they teased at the the end of the movie. I mean, you know it's gonna they're they're gonna have to do it eventually. They can't yes, not now do it. Now it is currently summer 2020 and we don't have it yet. We don't have a yeah. movie at all at this point. So. <laughs> no, it was delayed till next year. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah if they fun. announce it before summer's over, I'm going to count it. <laughs> all right? Yeah. That'd be Do fun. it for your biggest fan, TMS. You, you hear it. <laughs> if you can't do anything else this summer to make someone happy, make Jekka happy. <laughs> I think one of the cool things about doing this special is that it just gave them an opportunity to cast a bunch of the major yes. characters who they squeezed into the special, whether they needed to be there or not. I mean, I think we could just run down a lot of the added scenes that like give cameos to characters who are not in the original version of this episode because they hadn't been introduced yet. So... Actually, one thing that was interesting, you know, rewatching this and the first episode and then comparing with the manga is that both this special and the first episode introduced Dr. Agasa much earlier because Agasa is introduced in the second chapter. Not He's not in the first chapter oh, at yeah. all. So both this special and the first episode as a scene where like Shinichi wakes up to Dr. Agasa's lab exploding and gets an introduction to him and what he's all about that way. Like, ahead of, like, when he actually needs to meet him when he's turned into a kid and needs his help and stuff. So that's an interesting choice. In this special, you do get cameos of Ayumi Mitsuhiko and Genta. They are not at the amusement park like they are in the first episode of the show. But it is interesting, you know, that they're, like, playing soccer and then the ball goes in his way and he like gives it back to them. That does mirror a scene from the manga where like a bunch of kids are playing soccer and the soccer ball goes Shinichi's way and then Shinichi gives it back to the kids. I mean they weren't Ayumi, Mitsuhiko and Genta in the manga, but like, okay, so they remade that scene with characters we know. And the original version of the first episode, it was just like some school soccer team like some middle school soccer team so it wasn't just some random like little kids it was just some 
soccer team that were passing by, I guess, on their way to school playing. Then, while they're, like, walking home from school and they're talking about their plans to go on the amusement park date, we see, like, in the car behind them, Shinichi's parents, they're sitting in the car, they're, like, dressed up in the costumes that they're gonna wear when they pretend to kidnap Conan in their first actual appearance in the manga and anime. Like, his dad is wearing the nightmare costume, the mom is wearing just the costume. Yeah. The costume she wears when she kidnaps Conan. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, Kiko is saying, like, oh, man, I guess we're not gonna go and talk to them? What was the point in us dressing up? And that's what I'm wondering. Why why are you dressing up? The implication is parents just pop in and mess with them every so often. (laughs) It's so random, too. Like, why not just go talk to your kid when. He's like right there in front because of Because Mexican is like such a fun. force. Just popping out and like, I could just imagine him just <laughs> shoving him into a car and be like, oh, hey, you want to go for dinner? <laughs> and like, it's like, I mean, I he's just, like right that. there. <laughs> it's just like such a weird scene. It's like, oh, we have to go back to America right now. We can't just say hi. <laughs> we can't just like pass by and say well, hi. We, we came TV back to Japan. Time. We got to leave immediately. <laughs> oh, we'll get another chance to see him, I'm sure. Was it? Oh yeah. my god. They're made of money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they're. I mean, he's a famous novelist, and Yukiko's like a famous oh, actress, so they're a power couple. I mean, she's essentially yeah. Fujiko, so there's another <laughs> loop in. Yeah. yeah. Is, um... Mine. Mine. Yeah, her maiden name. Yeah, she's like Yukiko Mine, which that's not that far off. Ah, uh, yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's a big like cone. It's definitely a big loop. Yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. Oh, even before that scene, though, there was this scene where someone stole like a purse, and then Shinichi was chasing after them. Shinichi and Mar were chasing after them, and then the purse snatcher was like stopped and fought by. Hina Wada, who then w- goes on to fight Ron in that tournament that she wins, and she makes the promise, like, if I win this tournament, you'll take me on the amusement park date. And it's that, to me, was very interesting, because this is a character that was introduced in the special before her actual, like, appearance in the anime. Yeah. She only appears in, like, one case that spans two episodes, but they put her in the special to be Ron's rival at the She tournament. actually appeared in the manga a little while before this was actually released. And since the anime is about a year behind the manga, oh, I mean, now it's, you know. But <laughs> back when we still had a manga running, <laughs> she was actually, um, she came on, like, a case and she was introduced then, but, like, yeah, they had her in this before they put her into the adapted anime case. And like that yeah. was actually pretty weird. Even for like Yeah, when she showed up I was like asking the Lord, is this someone we know? Because I didn't remember this character. I didn't see those episodes, I don't think, so You clearly need to watch five hundred plus episodes of Conan then. <laughs> Why haven't you done so yet? Everyone else is doing it. Well, I mean, that's true. I guess at this point, too, we were talking about how 
I guess we could talk about that now, how you think Discotech will proceed. And there they TMS did re-release the movies on Blu-ray box sets in Japan, like I want to say two or three years ago. Like I forget which ones. I think it was like the first it might have was it just I like think all of them? On all of them at this point. But I okay. remember they um they did announce like some of them at like a time. I think they but they definitely like split them up into like groups. So they were like this box set has like episodes one through I don't know ten. Yeah, movie. Oh, actually, it might have been for the twentieth anniversary, so it would have been around this time, I think. Okay. So it, it could have been like one through ten, and then eleven through twenty. I want to say it was something like that. Yeah, I think it was something like. But that. so this is for the movies, though, right? Yeah, these are the yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movies. They re-released the movies on Blu-ray. I mean, I remember seeing an advertisement in Sunday for them, and we just don't remember how they split. I think it was they split them in half. So it was like the first 10 and then the second 10. Yeah. Then. If this do... was for the 20th anniversary, which episode one was actually part of the 20th anniversary celebration of the Conan anime, but like they also kind of like split it in with the manga anniversary too, since it's only two years apart. Um, it would make sense because I do remember 2016 had a bunch of announcements, sort of. So, like, they had like Conan Cafe, they were releasing like a bunch of the movies. They had this, they had that, um, New Year special with the, um, the heck is that play called? Or Rakugo? No, it's not Rakugo because it's the, yeah, now I gotta look this up. <laughs> Wait, you mean like an anime episode? Because I think um, I know what you're I talking think about. Crunchyroll still has it. It was like yeah, a yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about, but I don't remember what. Yeah, I think either. it was Kabuki because I remember yeah. it. It was it, I remember it was Kabuki. I only remember this because that was the episode I think Hane started on, and I really loved that song. So I've oh, like yes, watched that. Yes, 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 it was, it was. Yes, because I, I, I and I remember watching that intro like a million times because I love Hane so much. So I remember that Conan, like in you know, when in a Conan theme song, he'll like kind of talk about what's going to happen in this in the episode. So like I remember that he was talking about Kabuki because I like rewatched that opening like at least twenty times the day it hit. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was the same episode Hane started with, and it was the New Year's, and I remember that too. So, yeah, they actually got a um actor of Kabuki fame to like be in the episode, so it was like a case kind of revolving him. So that was like the first New Year's special, and then yeah. like, the last one was pretty much yeah. episode one. Yeah. So yeah, the twentieth anniversary celebration of twenty sixteen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I could definitely yeah. see Disco yeah, Tag so, just you know, that releasing about right. the movies. Like on Blu-ray, mm -hmm. just like bit by bit, not necessarily in or in order. The like the newer ones will obviously take priority, but like I could see them just doing the Lupin method of just like going all over the place and just releasing whatever. The TV show I feel is a bit trickier because I think like I don't think there are Blu-ray releases of the TV like anime um, in Japan. It's only I think DVD releases. Some, yeah, but a lot of them are especially the further back you go. So I don't really think it's gonna be really worth doing that i think if they just like stuck with like subbing at least like some of them that would be fine for me at least though the one thing wise, though. like and what's interesting about the japanese 
Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're fine. Um, Yeah, no, movie-wise, if they just keep all the, uh, if, if they go for the good ones first, and then leave the bad ones Good ones. Well, <laughs> good I, ones. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> the good ones. Pain. What? <laughs> as long as they give me Phantom Baker Street, I'm fine. Like, uh, you know, well, I mean, if they want to re-release like the the Funimation ones too, that would be great. Since like those have been off. Yeah, yeah I'm sure in any potential re-release of the first six movies, they'll include the Funimation dub. Yeah, like they'll do what they do for Lupin, where they don't re-dub those ones and just release it as yeah. it is with like new subs and everything. I mean, who knows? They could redub it just for consistency, so like people aren't confused. Like, why are they called Rachel oh, and Jim- Jimmy in this? Yeah, one? But... don't don't worry about it, fam. It's all good. <laughs> We're in a safe place now. Why are the voices different? Why does Doctor Asa suddenly have a German accent? <laughs> they'll just they'll just include like a you know little four by four card, a little card inside saying this wasn't us. Sorry, <laughs> we're sorry. We made a mistake. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I was. Just, and what's interesting about the TV show release in Japan, at least, is like they don't. I mean, well, they release them by case, so it's not necessarily by broadcast order. So they always they try to involve, they try to have all the cases like together. So, like unlike most things where you like release as it's airing, like they try they'll have like if it's like. They'll have like maybe two cases on a DVD or something or three or whatever, but they'll all be a complete case. It's not a thing where they're splitting cases where you have to get the next DVD to continue that uh, case or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, if you're watching weekly and then, you know, how we need those those anime original episodes so it's going to be 10 weeks between the last bourbon case until the new rum case. So you're like, I don't even know what happened. So you got like five minutes of recap of the one episode. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think, at least with the show, like, oh, I could see Discotech <laughs> at the bare minimum re-releasing the Funimation, like, episodes. Just those like a hundred and like twenty ish episodes just on like a Blu-ray set. Yeah, I could I could see them doing that. I mean, wh- whether they'd redub or not is another matter completely. Probably not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're gonna redub it. It's but... not like they continue the loop on part two dub when they released that on DVD. Yeah. They didn't even. I think they probably did try to find those recorded audios for the other ones. I think that like, was some myth. I don't <laughs> think that they actually... No, Ep- Epcar said they recorded them. I don't know. That's kind of weird. If they, How would they lose this? <laughs> how would... Because they weren't synced to any video. They were just raw audio files. All right. And it was like decades ago, so it was probably thrown away. Decades ago? You mean well, a de- 15 years ago? Yeah, a decade and a half ago. Multiple decades. Close enough. Yeah, release but, the loop on yeah, Snyder like, Cut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think they're gonna redub early Conan because, like, Discoding usually doesn't redub things no. yeah. that have dubs, even if the dub is already pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, it's like a cost. You say kind Conan, of thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I guess. 
likely i mean which isn't surprising especially for something as long as conan i i don't see them i mean if they do if there is any interaction with the tv series yeah it'll probably be just released old funimation dubs again and then maybe maybe just sub the rest which would be the weirdest release ever you got like 100 episodes dubbed 500 episodes without dubs (laughs) and then (laughs) just after the funny thing is the funny thing is, though, that's what they do with Lupin. Like, you'll have select specials that are dubbed, but then, then there are specials that are sub only. So it's like the ones that they think will sell the most are the ones that are worth dubbing. Yeah. Very selective in that way. Makes so sense. Lupin versus Conan dub, let's go. Let's do it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have cast for both exactly. of them now, so... Go for it. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, it's Lupin. At this point, like, Lupin prints money, or he steals it anyway and gives it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, like, it's doing well enough that G Kids thinks that there's definitely value in premiering Lupin, that they're the first in theaters. The so, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Hopefully, they get the discotheque cast for that. God, Lup- Lupin stuff has so many dumb names. <laughs> <laughs> like Lupin the Third Erd and like Lupin the Third the First. It's like what next? Lupin the Third, the Second, the Third, the I mean, First. Clearly, there's going to be what? a sequel. That's why it's called the First. <laughs> clearly, so uh, it's like Pokemon the First movie or Doug's first oh, movie. Oh no! <laughs> Remember all the great Doug films we got after Doug's first movie. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Doug film. <laughs> <Be alert. laughs> it's on Get Disney out. Plus. Get out, <laughs> you're too young. <laughs> I've watched like a whopping like two episodes of Doug. Which version of Doug? Disney or Nick? I think it was Disney. Okay. <laughs> on Disney Plus. Do I look like I'm going to watch Doug on Disney Plus? No. You look like someone who doesn't watch anything on Disney Plus except for The Simpsons, so why do that then? I mean, Star Wars, too. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Add Detective Conan to Disney Plus. Wow. Wow. Oh, That's God. Work out a deal. Actually, wait. Did I mean, TMS work on Gargoyles? Yes. <laughs> yeah, TMS worked on go. tons of Disney stuff. Yeah. Like, a bunch of the classic Disney afternoon stuff, DuckTales, all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. they worked on. Yeah, they did. And the fun, I mean, remember, at one time, Fox was interested in getting Conan, so now Fox and Disney are the same things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. It can work out in the end, two decades later. Well, in the end, everything goes back to Disney. That's what we've learned today. Unfortunately, they, they get everything. There were actually other scenes I wanted to talk about, but the special added we- in. Like that scene where after they encounter Hidawada, they go to Sonoko's house, and then we see her parents there. So we got casting for parents who show up so frequently. Yes. And they briefly mentioned Jirokichi, the more important Yeah, I mean, Jirokichi is important. He's included there. There's a reference to Black Pearl setting up (laughs) Kaito Steels. Yeah, even though they, I'm surprised they did not sneak in Kaito Kids somewhere. They put him in the end. Right, I mean, they put him in the they put him in the montage of like the Iconic cases, Cohen would solve immediately afterward. 
but like not in the not as a civilian like during like the you know storytelling portion of the the special like the main plot but anyway yeah so they go there and apparently uh the guy in the wheelchair who is the first case that we see Shinichi solve he knows Sonoko's parents and is trying to invite him to the party or at least talking about like you know receiving crediting letters so he's trying to establish like a cover story for when he like commits his murder of like the bank president or whatever so that's something they keep in this special is that the guy kills the bank president instead of his wife like in the manga but yeah so we get a scene where he is in an electric wheelchair now and he puts it in reverse accidentally and he almost crashes into a vase or something but then like ron you know comes to the rescue and stops him and then saves the vase but like he yells at his assistant and even though it was like completely his fault and you're like what a freaking jerk what the hell it's not her fault at all like you you were the one who put it in reverse but anyway, the point of the scene is kind of to establish, because suddenly he tried to stop the wheelchair with his foot. So this establishes how Shinichi noticed that, oh, his leg is fine. <laughs> he he is not actually impaired. Whereas in the manga, of course, and in the first episode, you know, they, they checked the medical records. They didn't have, like, evidence beforehand. But, yeah. So that was, like, a scene. That was, like, a interesting way to set up the the utter murder in the first chapter episode beforehand and then find a way to sneak Sonoko and her parents in. Which hey, I like Sonoko. Actually so yeah, I do too. But like can I just say that like when Shinchi brings up like, oh don't you remember me? We met the other day. I was just like, seriously dude? Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that they're trying to connect this, but like you, you really just had to like bring it up. Like, like hey, don't you remember me? We've literally just met, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they kind of have to ham fist some some uh, explanations to justify these rewrites. Do you remember those cameos? I remember. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's like a scene like immediately afterwards to establish why Wadka and Gin go to the amusement oh, yeah. park because they are going to talk with the guy and they, they name drop Urban. They they don't have Amuro show up at all, but they do name drop him. They just need a little bit of him to get everyone thirsty yeah. and then they can survive the entire Just special. his name is enough to get everyone salivating. Get everyone hungry for In my head, Ken is just again just wanted to get on the roller coaster, and nobody's gonna convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look so excited when they come to the amusement park, and we have this shot of them like gritting, looking at the roller coaster. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have fun here. Very excited, bloodthirsty grins, looking at a roller coaster. Now they got tropical land. <laughs> <laughs> Tropical, flag, but with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> so, and them going on the roller coaster. On that note, they also had like um corn and chianti there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So them going on the roller coaster, like they show. <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah, they show vodka spotting the guy uh, from the roller coaster, and then calling chianti corn, saying, "Hey, 
it's okay. You can go away. Like this, the situation's under control. So if if that guy had not come alone, I guess the implication is that they would have had Chanting Core shoot him. And then we have this cute moment where like Chanting notices Corn looking at like the Ferris wheel and asks him if he wants to ride it, and then Corn blushes. I mean, they all the black organization wants to do is have some fun. Gin just needs after every after the business transaction is done. Gin just needs to take Eric on a field trip to Tropical Land, and I'm sure that would boost her morale like a lot. (laughs) They'll they'll take out the company budget. It'll be the happy hour. (laughs) So to speak of the murder, uh, it is a lot more graphic in this version than it was in the original first episode. Like I. Originally thought, oh, were they going to censor this? But then it was like, oh no, we see gusher of blood splurt out, cutting across on everyone. A lot more graphic, more similar to the manga than the actual first episode, where it was like censored a lot. We don't get any flying heads, but yeah, like blood's just like everywhere, and we don't have this whole like god heavenly light coming out of. (laughs) No. <laughs> I mean, we still kind of do, but it, it's like it's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I guess one thing to also mention about Tropical Land is that they did modernize like the the coaster interior, like in the oh, line, yeah. the interior of like their waiting area. Like it looks more like a what a modern amusement park would look like, with like more details and like stuff inside that are like setting mood and like you know, bunch of attractions or whatever. Whereas, like, in the original it's, like, just, like, a cave kind of thing. It's not, like, really very decorated at all. In general, this special modernizes things to, like, the present day because they have cell phones too, so. I do also like that they, um, they do have it, like, a little, well, since it's, like, an hour and a half special, they have a little more time to, like, let them enjoy it for a little bit instead of them just like yeah. starting out two seconds later a head's flying off and then... <laughs> yeah their day doesn't immediately start off with the yeah. coaster and it be completely derailed by the murder they actually have some uh, some cute That's moments too- like going on other attractions taking pictures having fun <laughs> before it gets ruined by we, the murder we do get to see the picture that gets referenced throughout the anime constantly that scene in um, movie four that they kind of reanimated with um, Chinchi putting the can of soda on Ron's cheek, that was actually in the original manga, but like it was never shown in the weekly anime, but they took it and they put it into the fourth movie. So I'm glad that they actually brought that back for this special. And like yeah. that, plus we get like that little montage and it's, it's actually really, really cute and it's, and they're playing Zard, which hurts, which just hurts my feelings. Because <laughs> like that, that wasn't fair. I, I didn't sign up for that at all. Like I think, like I I blocked it out when I watched it originally, but then watching it now, I was like, oh no. And they played like the Zard, the first Zard song that was used in the Conan in the Conan anime. Although they didn't remix it like they did for the original um airing, they do actually like kind of remix it for the opening version but like the actual song is slower so like if you're watching this you can actually hear what the original song sounds like before tms kind of like remixed it or whatever they did for the opening 
Yeah, Zard songs tend to do that. Like, they'll have, like, a TV version that sounds completely different than the full, which is, yeah. it, it, that's always somewhat entertaining. You don't, you don't, not many other artists do that, where a lot of times with, like, TV version songs, it's just a cut of the full. Mm-hmm. But, like, Zard will give you the whole, like, different experience when you buy the CD, which is interesting to me. But since we were talking about the, like, transition there, I mean, one thing I did want to bring up is, like, as much as I I appreciated all of the extra stuff before we got to the actual first chapter, like, I feel like the transition to that wasn't really well handled. <laughs> like, mm. it felt like you could definitely tell that, like, where chapter, where the manga began, because, like, everything that happened before, and then, like, Shinichi and, Ran, or, like, Ron's interactions felt like more like the manga where it's like okay in the manga we're just meeting these characters so we're getting an idea of their you know their banter how they get along how you know they interact together but the episode one special instead of like kind of modifying it because we already got to see them for like a half hour (laughs) so but (laughs) instead like they just replay the manga's first chapter again and it doesn't work because it's like okay why are they acting like you know (laughs) We we just met them. No, we we've seen them for half. We right. get it. We get this is their how their interactions are. But it just felt it just felt very weird to me. Like that was probably the only part of the special that I'm just kind of like, mm, you guys should have done a little bit instead of just at that point. You already added so much to this first chapter that you might as well just have just gone all the way and like either change that interaction or just taking it out. Because it's like, it just feels weird right. to me at that point that like now Randish and are acting like we do that, like not so much that they just met, but in the sense that they're rehashing their interactions again. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that actual transition is very strange, too, because we go straight from Ron's karate tournament to the opening scene of the first chapter that first murder we see Shinichi solve involving the guy in the wheelchair and the bank president whatever though I do like the karate tournament scene because I think it's very funny like how Kogoro and Eri are you know in the stands they're there to cheer Ron but they're like sitting apart with Sonoko in between them so they can't even sit next to each other and Sonoko is like caught in the middle and they're like arguing while still trying to support Ron. It's very funny to me. And then also, I like that Ron gets mad when Shinichi tells her that he needs to go to solve a case. And the implication is that her getting mad at him about that is how she kind of gets the gumption to win the match. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, it's an awkward transition from there to immediately go to oh, a murder's been committed and Shinichi's on the scene investigating. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that was probably if if there was anything I can kind of say that they should have that wasn't handled well, it'd be that. But overall, like that was my only like problem with the special. Hmm. And during the whole investigating the roller coaster murder part, yeah, they added more stuff emphasizing Jin, especially you know being threatening and having like tension between. Him and Shinichi, like, Shinichi, like, reacts a lot more to Gin glaring in this special than in the original first episode or even the manga. Like, way more intense. Way more tension about, oh, crap, is he gonna do something? But, yeah. And that also continues to the scene where Shinichi is, like, spying on 
vodka doing the transaction with the weapon smuggler dude and he's overhearing you know the stuff about the organization and all the dirty dealing and stuff and this version he's like recording them with his cell phone or whatever and yeah they have the kind of fine ways to sneak cell phones in there but also invent excuses of like why characters aren't using cell phones which is of course kind of a funny like thing they have to work around but yeah when gin is like about to knock out Shinichi. It's not enough that, you know, he just knocks out Shinichi by whacking him over the head, like in the first chapter, first episode. Like, he has to announce that he is behind Shinichi. So Shinichi turns to look at him and then <laughs> sees him about to attack him and then turns away to run away from him and then is hit on the back of the head and knocked out. Like, you have to extend the scene to have like Shinichi notice skin and prolong that interaction which I think is again a little funny that they they tried to emphasize that so much it is so goofy that like he turns to look at him and then gets hit on the back of the head anyway very very amusing but yeah and then after that they kind of extend the whole part about Conan being misunderstood by police officers like they actually take him in in the special where I see like runs away immediately in the manga and first episode it's like like this version it definitely reads like they are even more inattentive because they they let Conan escape from a police station <laughs> At least they kept the murderous dogs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dogs, dogs are chasing him. <laughs> They're chasing him through the streets. It's, it's weird, too, because especially, like, in later cases, you realize that, like, dogs actually like Conan. So, well, Conan Shinji. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the, the second case yeah, in the second episode. It is, is like... but, like, you have these dogs who are, like, they're like out for his blood so i do kind of wonder like if the dogs actually caught up to him how they would like react would they actually like lick him or would they kill him the dogs were a bit better in the special in that they they don't stick the dog and tell him to attack conan like right in front of him like the dog is just chasing after conan but it's not like glaring its feet at him and the police are like in the distance you know like they don't like see conan that tell the dog to sick him actually my mistake is that the scene where he's at the police station is in the manga so that's actually something accurate that's special is to the manga compared to the first episode it's that they they do take conan to a police station in the manga and this special and then they also mention that oh we're gonna drop this kid off at a daycare center and that's that's conan off and this is why yeah, he runs away hilarious. which is very like, funny oh no 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 daycare <laughs> it's a strange way to say oh you're going to a foster home which like the immediacy of that is kind of more clear than like daycare center which sounds so much more slight it, it reminds me of that like uh simpsons episode where like lisa and like bart have to go to a foster home and like the one like agent that comes to her house is like you're gonna go to a foster home <laughs> <laughs> i know what episode you're talking about <laughs> yeah they actually keep the scene in the manga where conan is almost run over by a angry driver too oh. in the special they cut that out of the second episode. Truck was failing even then. 
Conan would have been a completely different series if he had actually got run over by that truck. What if it was reincarnated as a little boy? Oh my god, reincarnated as Detective Conan. Now that's a premise. You're reincarnated as Conan. You know all the mysteries because you've read Detective Conan. You also know all the black organization plot. So you know what you need to do to actually become Shinichi again. That would be kind of fun. Years down the drains. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't need to wait 20 years. I can just do all the stuff right now. Let's go find the other guy. <laughs> we can prevent the murders from even happening. I know when they're going to happen exact day and day. I mean, we'll make sure to bring in Amuro earlier so that we can get even more. Now, it's, now it sounds like <laughs> you guys sound like you're trying to be reincarnated as Aoyama, not Conan. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even need to do that, but I'm just going to do Conan as my first series. Like, get it out of the way. Get it out of my system while I'm young. <laughs> Being no, reincarnated as Aoyama. Just forget Kaito Kid like, entirely. Magic Kaito did not happen. Exactly. Just, just start with but how would we be able to profit off of it after the fact, after making Kaito Kid popular within Conan? We'd scrap all of them and just make a Heiji manga. <laughs> now, now we're getting reincarnated as V-Lord. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess... Yeah, now we're we finally we've actually gotten to the we've gotten to the point now where the Detective Conan has been well, not yet. He's still Shinichi, just smaller. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, eventually we get to the point where, of course, he encounters Agasa. In this version, like I was actually thrown off by the stains on Agasa's mustache because they actually did look kind of reddish. Uh, like in the original version, they were like much darker, so you could mistake them for like just being like maybe rain. But here, it definitely looked like it was like a sauce staining Agasa. So that was kind of interesting. So I'm looking for the manga. It's not even technically like color, well, shaded in as like such. Yeah, and the manga is just like some white goop that is not even. Set up. Yeah, like, I mean, you can notice that it's supposed to be there when you look, but it's not consistent because yeah, no, it's supposed to be on the left side of Agasa's mustache, but it's not in every panel. It's like in those in the first couple of panels, there's like some clear like markings that are probably supposed to be the sauce, but then it's not pronounced until Conan actually really points yeah. it off that the Colombo yeah. meat sauce is there on the beard. I mean. Not to derail too much because I know we've been going long, but I also I'm I've got the manga in front of me now in Japanese and just looking through it and you know Jack and I are working on Yaiba, so I'm looking at Aoyama's artwork and it's so Yaiba and it, like everybody <laughs> it's so crazy how they all look so expressive and everything and it's like I, I have to keep reminding myself I'm not reading Yaiba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the art is really sharp in early Conan. I think that's actually, if there was a strength that early Conan has over its uh, anime version, is that the art is really, really strong in the manga from the start. Yeah. And, like, while the anime has, like, great cast and, you know, music that adds so much, like, that also adds a whole lot to the manga to just have some really good art and pacing and, like, uh, how the paneling works and expressions and stuff. I mean, um, animation wise, um, I do actually like the um, the special because it's kind of. I mean, it's still pretty much the same now. I remember like when the 
this art style came out. I can't remember exactly when it started, but like there were, I did know some people who didn't like it. But talking about like the anime and like comparing uh the special to like how the anime first started, like it the animation was like okay, but it didn't really get like really pretty until like around the two hundredth episode or so. So it like as the series progressed it started getting better and then pretty much the two hundreds is when the manga and the anime kinda like crossed lines and kind of like became each other and then as that was happening Gosho was also changing his up so it's like an ongoing thing too I mean like 20 years on one manga like I'm sure like your your art style is definitely gonna change but like if you think about it he he started like doing um manga in like 1986 I want to say because 87 is when Magic Kaito came out. So it took him at least like 20 years for him to change his his art style himself. But like it also took the anime like two years to catch up to his art style. So it's like really weird. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I do like kind of the muted palette and kind of more understated yeah. character acting in early Conan anime. But I do think that this special's presentation of the events in terms of the dynamism of the character acting and the shot choices and stuff was a lot stronger Mm -hmm. and I do think the vibrant color palette is really really good too like the colors do look striking it looks really really nice even though like the animation was inconsistent like there's definitely some limited animation i noticed at parts and there was definitely sometimes where i noticed some wonky drawings like there's this weird tangent often that happens when when a character's ears and their neckline that makes it look like their ears are being overdrawn so that's something that i noticed happens a little bit but yeah i mean otherwise the special look really really it's obviously gosha's old art style coming through No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I was looking through, when watching it, I was looking through the animators, and they did have, like, quite a few that were from the movies. Like, I, I mentioned it to Jekka that the the um, animator who did, like, the beginning of Movie 19, I believe, Sunfires of Inferno, like, he did the, uh, uh, I forgot his name, I think it's Hisashi Mori, I forgot his name, though. But he did a scene, and I could definitely tell which scene he did. He did the karate, like the karate tournament, because he has a very dynamic flair for stuff. Because, like, if you have seen that movie where Kaito Kid, like, sneaks in, and I mean, it's very, very well animated in that movie, and it's all Hisashi Mori. But Hisashi Mori, I think, did the um, he did he definitely did the karate scene in this one. And yeah, the animation for this one was good. I mean, it's not what you. For a two-hour special, I was expecting a little bit better, but don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not trying to say it was bad, but, like, yeah, it was definitely less... It was definitely more in line of, like, a long TV episode and less, like, a movie, despite it being as long as it is. So... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, aside from, like, the karate scene, like, it is kind of just the quality that you'd expect from, like, your run-of-the-mill Conan episode. Because, like, yeah. it, it has, like, the same static moments where it's literally just Conan on screen yeah. thinking for, like, I mean, right. five minutes. Yeah. There's not a ton of action in this. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, one thing that I do agree on too is like, I, I do like TMS's style now using way more thick lines, which you don't see much in anime. Like, that there was definitely, I, I do like that the most, the more recent stuff in the Conan anime in that regard. And they definitely used that, they employed that somewhat in this special. But I think the end of the special, the final scene where, you know, Conan becomes Conan is mostly accurate to the manga and the first episode was done pretty similarly so like what really like different is i think one of the things actually that surprised me is that the special like ends right as they're about to go solve the case with the ceo's daughter being kidnapped or whatever like they don't we don't even see him like solve his first case as Conan, which I thought was always surprising about the special. Like it literally ends just as they're about to do that, but then they go into the montage of like, oh, we see that case being solved, and then we see a bunch of like the iconic early cases, and we spend little more time on some than others, like Moonlight Sonata, and then Kaito Kid, of course, the first encounter, stuff like that. Yeah, I think the New York case was also in there. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot yeah. that yeah. there was a scene with Vermout earlier in this special. Like, Vermout is, like, driving New York or whatever and then being chased by Jody and Akai. So they snuck them in there, too. In the Wasn't special. that also at yeah. the end? It was actually... Oh, yeah. Like, between the epilogue, I think? Yeah, the epilogue kind of breaks and then continues. Yeah. Right, right, because the montage happens, and that scene happens with Vermouth and the FBI, and then we get the final, final wrap-up, which involves Hybra investigating Shinichi's house, and then the special ends with her writing down that Shinichi is dead in the Black Organization database, and presumably going, oh, I mean, I guess off-screen she's going to resist after finding out that her sister is murdered, and then you know, take the drug herself and all that. Oh yeah, they also show the Akemi scene. Yeah, the Akemi, Akemi scene actually happens before yeah, that do. scene with Hybra, so it's like interesting, I guess, that maybe Akemi, she hasn't find, found out about Akemi. I, I couldn't know. tell if like they had animated like the manga version of the Akemi scene there, or if it was just... It's known as the manga version, clearly, because Yin and Vod could kill her. Well, no, they yeah, kill her in the anime version, anime. too. It's just... Well, right, but right, not the original... But not, but it's I mean, like, like the original based, based case on her... version, the, the original case version from the from the manga, right? Where she's dressed up as Masami or whatever. Oh. Yeah, was she dressed up as Masami? Because they mention her. That's the name they mention her by. Like Ron mentions her by that oh. name. Okay, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, then it is the manga version. Like it's it's supposed to be the original manga. Yeah, because like the anime version, it was just like Conan finds they, her dying like on her own. They, yeah, and then Ron comes later. Completely different case because they messed it up. Yeah, yeah. So you do do it mostly in order. I mean, minus like the Heiji scenes, really. The Heiji scenes, they kind of just like grouped together, and then um, then they went back to like the normal um, linear, well, as linear as you can make it, um, storyline. So it's um, Haibara, or technically Shiho, her. Her appearance at the very end does actually match up to where it was because um when she finds the box of clothes that's supposed to be Chinchi's like kid clothes and it's empty, she thinks back to like when Akemi like brought up the uh the kid that she met, which was actually uh Conan, 
so it, it does match up like story wise from um when after Kemi's death to when Chiho goes to check out the house and then ultimately changes um Shinchi to dead so that nobody would look into it any further. So yeah. Yeah. So good attention to continuity there. I mean, minus the part where they say a few months later, but uh that's another matter entirely. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> I mean, you can't. How do we know how much time has passed at this point? Because like, it's like the same yeah, year. Almost, but it's almost said it's six months. So <laughs> there's no freaking way. <laughs> oh, there's it, no way. <laughs> the timeline would not match up. It has to. If you were to accurately gauge the time by what is said in the manga, it has to have been a few years. Just. By the sheer number of cases that have been done, it has to have been over a year. Yet no one has graduated are, school. There's gotta Everyone's be like stuck in the same place. There has to be more than three hundred sixty-five days that has passed in this story. If we cut out over like a bunch of them, like where nothing happens, um, we could probably say that this whole series takes place within a year. That's more reasonable Maybe. than saying six months. And we only just now got to freaking rum. Like, what? <laughs> That's too fast, if anything. Still. Six months? Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure the intention of the series is supposed to all take place within a year, right? Yeah. Like, six months to a year. Six months is too fast for everything that's yeah, happened to get like, to that. Point. Well, no, but if you, t- like Jack was saying, if you take out all the superfluous cases and then only focus on, like, the core narrative. Even then, it's too fast. I don't know. It's like, too there's fast for all this to happen. There's not that it, much plot in Conan. If you have a problem with it, you gotta take it up with the man in charge. But he's currently <laughs> writing other manga right now, so I don't know if you're gonna get <laughs> He's too busy redrawing Zero's Tea Time for a ride. <laughs> oh, no. Arai's just sitting here like, please end this for me, please. Arai. Someone out there. Anyone? <laughs> I really just want to watch go finish Conan, just go show. Less Miseraz, please help me. <laughs> Hashtag free or I. Yeah, we have to say that at least once. Free him. Hashtag free or I. Hashtag free or I. Release him from the cage. From Gosha's Yeah, cage but I like that montage at the end. It's kind of nice to get, like, you know, snippets of, like, iconic early moments. Yes. Of course, I appreciated Moonlight's and I, since that's, like, my favorite episode or whatever, so, yeah, I like yeah. that scene. The scene of the epilogue so. was Kaito Kid. Don't at me, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. V-Lord. Well, Ky- no, the Kaito Kid introduction is an amazing scene. Yeah, that's so also good. up there. Yeah. So yeah. I-, I will admit, even as an anti-Kaito person, it looked what? pretty cool. Anti? How can you be anti-Kaito? Actually, there's a lot He's of people. I don't hate He's not the- <laughs> Really? I don't know, like, I, I don't hate Kaito, but, like, I don't like love him. He's he's good. But is he Heiji? No. no. Well, I am glad that the film begins and ends with hybrid scenes because she is the best character. Yeah, hybrid hybrid is amazing. Yeah, I can I can live with that. I'll, I'll take it. And then I don't remember if they did anything special with the credits or if it was just black credits. It was black credits. Yeah, it was black credits. So that was the film. And yeah, there was a lot to enjoy. It was very nostalgic to revisit. It was great to revisit in a new way. We had a new, great new English dubcast that I hope to see in more projects. I mean, we're definitely going to see them in more projects thanks to, you know, Zero in the Force are coming out. I'm sure Crimson Love Letter 
and more movies they will dub and release. So it's very, very Probably exciting. Probably Crimson next year. Just mm-hmm. dub all the hagey ones. <laughs> the other ones can go in the dumpster. I don't care. You want to at least give them sub releases? Come on, bro. <laughs> Just straight to the garbage, not even subbed. <laughs> Fine, we'll give them subbed. All right. Well, any other final thoughts on the film and the dub? It was good. It was actually very good. Yeah. No, this was. Yeah. By the way, the epilogue. The epilogue was actually the inspiration to my um. Christmas AMV from uh, 2018? 2018, yeah. And that was also the... Nice! Yeah, that was the last AMV I released. But, like, yeah, because the epilogue was kind of, like, it reminded me of, like, why I got into the series in the first place. And I think most of the special was kind of like that, too. So, that's probably, like, the biggest thing I enjoyed about that. It was um, I know, like, I'm still pretty fresh on this series, but, I mean, I've been in it for, like, almost a decade. Yeah, that's a pretty long time. <laughs> a long decade, <laughs> but a decade nonetheless. But, yeah, like, watching it and, like, comparing it, because, okay, I'm gonna admit I'm not really a big fan of the series of what it's become, but, like, watching this and seeing, like, the good old days of what the series used to be, actually, like, it's, like, the biggest thing I enjoyed out of, like, Conan. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this is, like, what we should expect from, like, I guess a dub of Conan moving forward, I'm completely oh, fine with that at this point. And, yeah, it's, episode one itself is good. If you aren't, like, into Conan yet, I'd say it's probably worth watching it will spoil a few things but honestly like you shouldn't be watching conan for the plot the plot is just kind of a bonus <laughs> so yeah I, i'd say give it a shot go buy it definitely support this release so we can get even more Death conan and spark the return of the detective conan a revival of the great detective in the united states yeah i agree with that i mean even as somebody who's like only sort of loosely following this, following the series and all admittance. Like I'm, only, I'm in it for the Black Organization, and since I haven't been around lately, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, you I, poor I soul. I'm happy to see that they're giving Conan another shot. And from what we've been, what um, you guys have said, it sounds like people are taking to it. I mean, definitely as on the blog or, or on the blog and the Twitter. Even just, you know, reporting that one is coming out and, you know, showing off my copy of it, you know, I got a lot of responses from people. And even some people were like, hey, when are you going to review this? So it's good to see that despite its length and despite its kind of rocky history, that Conan still got a really, you know, enthusiastic fan base. Definitely. And yeah, I think that about wraps up our coverage of the film. And... To learn more about Conan, Aoyama, Shonen Sunday, and Shigakukan-related stuff, check out, again, the weekly Shigakukan blog and Twitter, run by, again, our good friends Sakaki and Jekka. Yes, you can check us out at WSS Talkback on Twitter and wsstalkback.blogspot.com on on the blog itself. So we talk about anything Shigakukan, but 
being that Conan pretty much runs the magazine, it, it's almost exclusively a Conan <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, or Takahashi, one of those two. Can't go wrong with either one of them. But yeah, that's that's what we do. I mean, Cheka and I, as I mentioned, we also have um what was the Aho Toxin? What was the tag? Yeah. Aho Toxin, that's H A O T O X I N four six four nine. Four six four nine. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there, there's a the reference, and you think I would remember this at this point? And I didn't. <laughs> clearly, um, you need to add more Yaiba chapters. That'll help you. Oh my god! And then we also do the we also sub the coming opening and endings as they um as they come out, which probably isn't going to happen for the rest of this year. <laughs> Seeing that we, we <laughs> haven't had episodes, so but you can see like the most recent one, Maka Na Kiss, with the greatest Conan Power Power dancing known this side of the anime for like 20 years or like 10 years so it's very hard (laughs) it's it's like compared to um opening nine which was kuiwa through shock suspense that one he's just moving his hands this one he moves his legs and his hands and i'm just like i'm not fit for this (laughs) yeah no we we do that and i mean we are trying to branch out into other stuff i mean we sub the major second opening ending hopefully maybe we'll get another one although that was kind of a nightmare because the they decided to take away lyrics on the screen from us (laughs) so but yeah we're 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 doing we're doing stuff so definitely check that out if you're into you know if you're if you read the blog stuff and you want more Jakaki action, it's a place to check out. <laughs> That's your couple name, Jakaki. You shipped yourself. You own it now. I didn't come up with it. Our our friends did actually. So <laughs> I can't take credit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but where can they find your individual Twitters or whatever? Uh, mine is Jekka1021. Uh, uh, I also have a YouTube, which again, like I mentioned earlier, I don't actually really make AMVs anymore. I'm like half retired from that. But if you want to check out my YouTube and like check out all my Conan AMVs, I, I made a lot of them. Please check those out. Nice. And so oh, you can find me at Kirovon, at K I I R O B O N on Twitter. Like Jekka, I'm kind of. I used to translate manga, but now I'm pretty much like completely dedicated to advancing the cause of Sunday. That account is where I just go to complain about life. So you could pretty much just ignore it. Just focus on WSS Talkback. That's where things are really interesting. <laughs> awesome. And Vlord, you also do lots of reviews, including Conan reviews. So you got one that came out recently. Yeah. Where can you oh. find your stuff? Yeah, uh, people can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ. I usually just talk about on there whatever I'm reading, which is usually manga, and then me tweeting in the middle of the night because I don't really sleep. But as far as my reviews go, you can find my manga and light novel-focused reviews over on all-comic.com, like Lum just mentioned. I put out a review of Case Closed, Volume 74, so check that out. 
but I also write uh, Toonami-related articles and uh, anime reviews for ToonamiFaithful.com, so check out those too. But aside from writing, I also host the Demon Slayer podcast, and uh, you can find those on (laughs) 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 on Twitter at DSlayerPodcast. And those are streaming on basically all the different podcast streaming platforms by the time this is up. So just go look us up and listen to our episodes. We do some good stuff. Nice. Definitely check out all that good stuff. And as for me, you can find me at Ramayasha on Twitter. You can find me at Ramayasha wherever I am, be it any list, Animation Revelation. Wherever there's a Ramayasha, that's where you can find me. You can also read my manga reviews on AllJagsComment.com. We got a lot of books coming in, a lot of reviews going out, so look forward to more of those on there, as well as our podcast. And you can find more Manga Mavericks podcasts on Twitter at Manga underscore Mavericks, MangaMavericks.com. And we are on every podcast platform you can think of, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. We're on there. This feed is where you can find not only our main show, Manga Mavericks, where we talk about Manga the Media Man, but also this show, Manga Mavericks at Movies, where we don't talk smack about movies. We celebrate them in several rare occasions. We do talk smack about movies. If we didn't talk smack about this movie, then we will. No, we did not. And you can also find Lum Squad, another Shonen Sunday related series just like Detective Conan. In Lum Squad, I cover Yurisei Yatsura with my good friend AC Fadalum himself, ha- leader of the hashtag Daily Lum Twitter, and yeah, we, it's a monthly show where me and AC discuss all things Jersey Yatsura. We explore the wonderful wacky world of the Gazakashi series. And yeah, you can find all our podcasts under the Ad Manga Mavericks banner everywhere we are. You can also send us some feedback and suggestions of what you want to see us cover to our email, mongaers at gmail.com. And also, in general, whether it's YouTube or iTunes, uh, remember to subscribe to us, rate and review us, leave us some comments, let us know how we're doing, because all that stuff helps us grow and improve and reach new listeners and hearts and minds, which is always really cool and appreciated. And if you want to support the show, you can also pledge to our Patreon. we got a Patreon at patreon.com slash manga mavericks, where we have a variety of tier options that offer you some cool bonus content. Our big one being the $5 tier, where we offer a monthly bonus podcast, which can be exclusive episode of Ad Movies, like our reviews of Dragon Ball Super, Broly, and Captain Marvel, and also our book club series, like our Dojo's with our adventure Phantom Blood episodes, and our current ongoing project that Colton and Doctor are heading up on Sync Seiya, going through entire longer beginning and end as first timers and we also get some exclusive reviews once in a while on stuff like my soul exchange diary and my brother's husband that you can check out there too by joining the monument patreon at our two dollar tier and up you also can get early access to like podcasts early a lot early in the case of some podcasts we've got early access to a lot of cool episodes a lot of other cool early podcasts you can listen to right now on there so definitely check that out but yeah you know where to find manga mavericks you know where to listen to us you know how to support us and so we will see you next time for even more manga mavericks at movies 
and scene.